Hey everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Creative Manifestation Podcast. My name is Leah Salinas, and I'm so happy to have you with me here today. And I'd like to begin today's episode by just extending a thank you. Um, This podcast launched last week and so many of you sent me really beautiful and supportive messages and emails. And I feel that feeling empowered and supported by one's community can have such a powerful, positive effect on your creativity. So I just wanted to say thank you to all of you for nourishing my creative spirit in that way and really encouraging me to keep going with this project. And I'm really looking forward to bringing today's episode to you where I have a conversation with an incredibly talented creative being and also a really dear friend of mine. Her name is Nita June and she's based in Santa Barbara, California and she identifies as being a theater director, a creative director, a teacher, a mentor, an actor, a musician, and a sound and space designer. She has her own theater company called Dog Star Theater Company, and she has also guest directed at Westmont College recently. And she's also the co-creator of a really cool project called The Outlet Project, which she created together with another creative and director called Sarah Rademacher. And the two of them created this project in response to the COVID-19 quarantine. It's really designed to give individuals from all walks of life an outlet to express and create. And anybody can take part in this project, so you don't have to identify as an artist or a creative So if you're curious and want to learn more, I'll leave some information for that below in the show notes. And I'd also like to mention that since we recorded this interview, Nita has actually unveiled another project called Porchlight Theater that she created, which is designed to bring curated theater performances right to people's homes in Santa Barbara. So we don't talk about this project in the conversation because it was still under wraps and in the making at the time. But if you want to learn more about what I think is a really amazing idea, especially if you're in the Santa Barbara area, you can check out www.porchlight-theater. Theater is spelled T-H-E-A-T-E-R. And that link is also in the show notes. So I really encourage you to check that out. So as you may be able to tell by looking at everything that Nita's created so far, Nita is a true creative powerhouse and also a really powerful creative manifester. 
I can really say um, just from witnessing Nita over the past few years that we've been friends. Um, when she sets the intention to create something, she will follow through with that intention and will bring a project to its completion. And at the end of her conversation, she shares some really wise insights on how to succeed in that process. So I really look forward to you listening to that. And before we dive in, one thing I'm still going to mention is that what is really special about Nita is that in addition to being immensely talented, she's also just one of the kindest, warmest, and open-hearted people that I know. Um, Having worked firsthand with her, actually, I had the great honor of being in a production of Three Tall Women by Edward Albee that was directed by Nita and uh, which we performed in Santa Barbara. I can say that she really knows how to create a creative space that feels nurturing and safe and non-judgmental and I feel that is so powerful because I truly believe that some of our greatest creative expressions and manifestations come out of us taking risks. And it's much easier to take a risk when we feel safe to do so. And Nita really knows how to create that safe space. So if you're listening to this, Anita, thank you so much for doing that and setting a really powerful example in that way. Well, I am really excited for you to listen to this conversation and I'll let the rest of the episode speak for itself. So let's go to the show. Hello, Miss Leia. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. I am so honored and excited to be here with you today. Thank you for asking me. You're so welcome. The first thing that I wanted to say is that when I think of you, I just think about what a creative powerhouse you are. Mm. Um, I just feel like ever since I met you, there hasn't been a time when you haven't been creating something and putting something out there and one of the things that I really admire about you is just how, how fearlessly and boldly and quickly you just, you create. Um, so I just wanted to start the conversation by, by saying that about you. <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> I don't always feel that way, but I perhaps, um, I, I'd love that that's, um, what you're seeing of me. I really appreciate that. That is absolutely what I'm seeing. And I'm not just saying that to flatter you. Um, Thanks, love. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so at this point in time, you shared with me that you identify as a creative director, a theater director, a teacher, a mentor, an actor, a musician, and a sound and space designer. and. First of all, that's really cool. And I just love to hear 
a little bit about your creative journey and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. I um, grew up going to a Waldorf school, which if anyone um, is unfamiliar with Waldorf education, it is deeply entrenched and meshed with the arts, all of the learning is. So grew up in a really creative environment. Um, I was always, you know, dancing and um, playing my violin. I used to love to sing, always loved being in the class plays and acting, always loved writing. Um, And come high school, I was really focused actually much more on violin and music. And then um, kind of shift around junior year, I switched over into acting and continued with my music, but it was more of a shift on acting. And I think I was really drawn to theater in its whole because it has everything in it. It has music. It has the visual arts. And I was a painter and I used to love to draw and still do. Um, you know, it had um, the the individuals coming together, of course. It had the movement. And I often think of actually... Um, I'm going to forget his name. That's terrible. Um, opera. It starts with a W. He's, he titled it, his opera's Gesamtkunstwerk. Um, that, you know, it's like a total work of everything. And um, that's what I think about theater in general, not just mm. operas, but that it's a full melding of every single art on stage, or it can be. Um, so fast forward some years, you know, I went, went off to school, studied theater in undergrad and, um, then took some years off. I was acting and playing my violin and then went back to graduate school really at the time with the intention to focus more on, um, new ways of creating and, um, ways to collaborate with others and a focus on directing and um, teaching as well at that time. Um, And that was a really transformative time in my life, two years at a program that actually just closed after, I think, 12 years in existence. It was called Naropa University. Um, It's a contemplative university. Um, So we did actually a lot of meditative practices intermixed with the creative process which I found just to be so not only rewarding, um, but also just so, um, I think, confidence building in one's creative endeavors. Because when you can have time and space and kind of watch um, at a distance, you know, your creative mind trickle and flicker, it, it feels like you really get to... Um, not just watch, but um, relish and rely on and know that that creative spark is always there. And if given time and space, it will always be there. So um, I think that's something, you know, when you reflected that you feel like I'm always doing, I don't necessarily always feel like I am doing. I feel like sometimes, you know, I'm in hibernation kind of in between projects. But in that, I actually would say there also is the doing, you know, it's hatching on the next creative idea um, before launching into it. Um, 
So after my master's, I kind of fast forward. I taught for many years um, at a few different private high schools and then moved up to Santa Barbara, where I now live, and established my theater company. And that was really actually when I moved up here, it was like, I want to direct more theater. What, you know, can I just like introduce myself to theater companies and be like, hey, I'm here, I'm ready, I'm, I will direct you. And I was like, that's going to be a challenge. So I should probably just start my own theater company and just start. <laughs> so, which I think is very typical of me, is just like, well, I think we're just, it's just needs to happen now. And so I, you know, just <laughs> launched into it. Um, and we've been, <laughs> for better and for worse, we've been <laughs> in existence now for four years. We're coming up on our fourth year. Yeah. Wow. Um, and have tried to keep it, especially because, you know, it's really just me and my um it was my former husband he was always acting and did a lot of the set construction um but um you know as i want to make it as sustainable as possible both financially and energetically and um mm-hmm. i'm wanting to do more with it in the future but actually just in this last year really turning my focus onto making that a possibility through raising more funds through making it not just be the thing that I do after work, um, you know, my money-making work, but that is the work itself. And so that's really exciting to me um, to be putting more energy into that this year at this weird time when it's like, well, is theater going to live? <laughs> How it was, was ever again, we do not know. But um, that's been my latest intention with that. Um, and yeah, in that, I mean, I just love, I love everything about having a theater company. I love directing. I love the collaborative process. I do love also, I think it being my own um, show. Sometimes it could be overwhelming. Love doing the like program design. I love doing the sound design and doing the movement and kind of choreography for the, for the play and everything. Um, so that's one of the things that's nice about having it be, you know, a smaller um, uh, venture at this point, but I, I love, I love working with, um, other fellow creatives. And that's one of the things I just am so appreciative of you, um, creating this podcast, Ms. Leia, and, um, I'm excited about listening to more of these in the future to make those connections with other people too. You know, I think it's, it's, that's what creativity is about is also connecting with one another to become inspired and to start to work together. That was a long winded answer to your question. I mean, that's what I was hoping for. <laughs> oh, good. I love okay. the long winded answers. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, to your last point, I absolutely agree with that. And I have to say that was one of my main motivators when I had the idea for and created this podcast. So thank you for picking up on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I love that you're moving towards making your theater company feel more sustainable for you, um, both financially and energetically. Um, and I'm just curious, um, could you share a little bit more about what that process has looked like for you? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I think initially it just started with even just writing. I was actually, no, actually was not writing. I was on a beach walk is where I, I started thinking about this. I've been thinking a lot about time, as I'm sure we all have in this quarantine age, um, and how time is really just our, it's based on our perception and how the day can move so slowly or so quickly if we, you know, put activities in it um, and busy ourselves up. And I was thinking about how I've really appreciated in many ways, I feel like like I've still been very um, full and gratefully so with paid work right now. Um, but I've been thinking how much more spacious time has felt. And I think that's one, there's, I'm sure a myriad of reasons, but you know, one is like, I'm not driving in between places. I've got, I actually do have a bit more time, but I think there's also a sense of, um, being solo and not being, um, as affected by others' energies. I think a lot of women, as women, we are, we're empaths that we really feel other, what other people are going through. And so I think that has taken up some of my energetic space in the past. And so not having that right now, um, I've enjoyed that. And I've thought about how I want to, um, shape my time once we come out of quarantine, um, which may still be in a very long while. Um, and on this beach walk, I was thinking about this and I was thinking how, um, I don't want to go back to being as full and booked and, um, you know, going on adrenaline, which is fun sometimes and feels so good, you know, to push through and get it, but how I really want to, um, be creating from a more grounded and centered place, um, that's even more intentional. And my first thought was, well, actually my first thought, and when I was thinking just about how I wanted to shape time was, well, you might have to, um, you know, not like not do as many productions or, or just give up theater and said this voice in my head. And, um, the other voice in my head, <laughs> the smarter one, make theater, um, something that is bringing income into your life so that you can let go some of the other income makers and make space for it. Cause that's what I want to do. Um, I want to be creating more performances and to be um, creating more works that, you know, people see and are a part of. So um, just that was a, that was a big shift mentally for me of even just kind of in compartmentalizing my day of like work, 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 make the money in the, the daytime part. And then there's this evening part that's like, free, um, <laughs> you know, and like yeah. not making money or just making ends meet. So that's been the biggest shift really thus far. I have, I'm actually working on a grant for next year. Um, I won't say too much more about that, but that's actually even an even bigger project that will be not just Dogstar, but Dogstar Theater Company, um, my theater company, but um, involve a lot of the Santa Barbara community that would be paid. This grant would pay for that. Um, and so I think there's those pieces, you know, at looking at grants, also just looking at and, and ruminating on ways that, that, um, theater 
in my life, you know, can be something that's more sustainable for me. And even like, actually another big thing is I'm going to be teaching again at the local college here, West Smart College next semester. And really I put that out into the universe intentionally. Like I want to direct more. I want to create more theater and I want to be paid for it. And I directed there this last spring and they've asked me to come back to teach actually their directing class and um, one of their acting classes and possibly a couple more in the springtime. So I feel like I'm such a believer in like, you know, you put it out there to the universe and you really keep planting those seeds and and things come back, um, back to you. Um, And so that was another way that the universe was like, yep. Okay, cool. Here you go. Here, here you can teach (laughs) and get paid to do that. Um, Yeah. So that's kind of what's in the works. That is, I mean, that is all amazing. And I'm, I'm not surprised at all that all of this is manifesting for you. Mm. Um, Because I mean, not only are you so talented and committed to your work, but I just feel like even just listening to you speak now, you just have so much love for your work, Mm. which just really, I mean, just really shows in the way you speak about it and in the work itself. So I'm just smiling right now that all of these things are manifesting for you. It's really beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. May it continue. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, beautiful. Um, so pivoting a little bit, um, and this is, I guess, a little bit the sad part of this podcast episode, but I would still like for you to share a little bit about this experience because I just think it's, um, it's a valuable one. So um, pretty much right before the quarantine started, you had a show that was about to open mm-hmm. and, and then quarantine happened and um, you had to put that on pause. And I just think that's such an interesting experience to go through where you have this creative project that you're just like on the cusp of sharing with the world. And then suddenly you're, you're like asked to be pivoted in a completely different direction. So if you could share a little about a little bit about that experience, I think that'd be really valuable. Yeah. Yeah. It was tough. (laughs) It was, you know, certainly not um, what I had hoped for or what any of the cast had hoped for. What I do think was really interesting um, though so that was a, it was a Friday that I made the decision that we were not going to go forward. I think it was the Friday before we were officially on quarantine. So that was like uh, March 9th, something like that. Um, and we were set to, it was our last week of rehearsals in our rehearsal space. And we were going to be loading into the theater that Sunday. Um, and I think it was a Thursday evening. I um, was thinking all day, like, you know, the cases were getting worse and things were not looking good. And it was clear that this wasn't just going to, you know, blow over in a week. Um, And I was really thinking about it all day. Like, what do we do? Um, What was interesting to me also, though, was that the whole week, I would say even maybe two weeks prior 
there was just such um, tension in mm. the rehearsal room. And um, it was directly in alignment with what was going on in the world. And so that was creating some challenges not not even like huge ones, but there was just tension in the room in between some of the actors and trying to figure out blocking and everybody, you know, there's always that dance in between as a director of like, okay, you know, John likes to work in this way and be really direct with Sarah. I really need to, you know, talk with her on a more one-on-one level and finesse this. And so that though was like magnified during the, the weeks prior. Um, and the, that evening when I came in um, and I told my cast, you know, we were going to talk about the week ahead. Um, I came in and I, when I said we were not going to put the show on, there was, it was like that tension bubble just burst. Everyone was like clearly sad that we were not going to be doing this production after we had put this so much time in. But the tension that had been mounting, I don't think we even all realized how how tense we felt around it. Um, so, in an odd way, I mean, it clearly, like, absolutely felt like the right decision for everybody. Everybody was fully on board for it, and thank goodness we made the decision then and didn't wait um, a couple of days because we would have had to <laughs> close down anyways. Um, but I'm very excited when we will put this production on. I'm actually hoping to mount it back at center stage here in Santa Barbara in October, late October. Um, and we may very much, you know, have to do it in a different fashion um, with the audience sitting six feet apart. I'm not even sure yet, but um I'm, I'm always fascinated also by how plays bring up things in people's lives and how plays um, can, you know, mirror uh, an experience that's taking shape in the world. And I try actually to choose plays that have that... Um, resounding nature to them that people will come in and they will think about some theme or some um, uh, experience, certainly from, you know, their, their, the life, their life in the past, but something that might touch upon a theme that's taking shape kind of on the global scale as well. And this play absolutely does. It is about, um, an infant who comes into the world who is immune suppressed. Those words are never used. We just don't even know. The only time we see him, we see he's glowing. Thus the title, the electric baby, the play Um, he's, he's, we see this glowing, uh, glowing this coming out of a bassinet and there are all these glowing tubes coming out of the bassinet. So he's, he's hooked up. Um, and he's charged and the individuals around him in his life who come in and out are, um, very meaningfully and deeply affected by him. Um, there's an element though of distance within the main relationship of the play, actually the main husband and wife who are, um, parents of the electric baby, they never see each other throughout the entire play. Um, Mm. they say they communicate through lunar cycle, 
Um, and the man is in a hospital bed almost the whole time. And the woman is in her apartment almost the whole time. And so there's this like separateness that I think is going to resonate when we do put this play on and also this fragility of life. And right. He's on a respirator. Actually. I didn't even think about that. He wow. has breathing tubes. Like there's this infant who you're not supposed to touch him. You know, he's not contagious, but he is incredibly um, fragile. And um, I think there's all sorts of elements to this play. And then it's also all about just like love relationships and, and um, two marriages and one kind of budding relationship between this other couple um, that I think is, is going to be pretty poignant and powerful when we do get to bring it back to the stage. Um, so although it was painful and tough to let it go, it was, there was a relief to it also because it felt like we were racing against the clock of like the coronavirus and um, just the tension in the world was mounting. And so to not have that was a relief. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's interesting. I feel like some creative projects really benefit from this percolation time. And mm. it's fascinating because I feel like in a way your your play was gifted this time now to percolate until you 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 put it up. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. yeah. And I think it will resonate even deep, more deeply when we do put it up. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so interesting hearing you speak about it now. I mean, there really are a lot of, um, um, it really sounds like it is very relevant to everything that we're experiencing right now. And um, I just want to remind the, the listeners that you picked this play before you even knew that, you know, coronavirus was going to happen, quarantine was going to happen, um, social distancing. And it's just so interesting that some of those things are actually actually elements in the play. It is. It's, it's yeah. magical. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, coincidental, but I don't believe in coincidences. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Magic, not coincidence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So your play didn't go up, but what ended up manifesting out of um, this quarantine experience was the outlet project. Which yeah. You, yeah, which you created with Sarah Rademacher, who is also mm-hmm. a theater artist and a creative. So I'd love for you to share about that. Sure. Yeah, this is another auspicious meeting. I feel I met Sarah mm-hmm. briefly. I had um, just started. I put out into the theater community here in Santa Barbara a monthly um, social hour, so that we can all just we can all just meet and talk and. Um, you know, find more ways to collaborate because I feel like that needs to happen more here in Santa Barbara with the different uh, theater communities. We can come together more. So I met her briefly for like an hour and then we were like, great, we totally hit it off. It was just one of those meetings that it's like, I need to collaborate with you. We need to do something. And um, we were supposed to go on a walk together and then um, coronavirus hit and she has an infant and she was, she didn't, she was, not wanting to go on a walk even six feet apart because she was going to, she was heading off to see her parents who were elderly. And so we ended up just having a zoom meeting, which is transitioned into (laughs) a week, a weekly or biweekly zoom meeting. Um, And in this hour and a half zoom talk, 
we just came up with this project. Um, and we were like, Oh, okay, here we go. I'll do the website. You do the blah, 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 blah. Um, so we titled it the outlet project and the intention behind it was to, um, bring, well, to give individuals first and foremost, you know, an outlet, (laughs) um, for what they're going through. And, um, the other piece of it was, you know, neither of us wanted it to be just like a kind of like an open mic, you know, like, Oh, just post your blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, dance, do whatever you want to. We wanted there to be some intentionality behind it and kind of, you know, that we were slightly curating it. And then also we wanted there to be some dialogue somehow or some cross-pollination in between the individuals who are contributing. So we decided to, um, first and foremost, you know, open it to anyone. You do not have to be a performer or a writer. Um, and um, decided to um, post it or put it out there in this fashion that um, we have a prompt that's there on the website. Um, which I'll share the website in just a moment, but the prompt is there and it changes weekly. And we invite individuals to answer this prompt in a hundred words or less. And then this piece of writing is submitted and comes back to Sarah and I, and then we share this piece of writing with someone else who has also written a prompt. So everybody's piece of writing is going to someone else. So you end up performing not your own um, piece that you've shared, but a piece that someone else has shared. And so, you know, we hope that it just gives people time to reflect on what and hear what other people are going through and thinking about what other people are going through as they're taking it on to perform. Um, And also, um, it's always fun to see other people do your work, you know? So you put your writing out there and then you see someone else take it on. Um, And it's interesting. I mean, we want, it's been mainly, actually that's not true. I would say actually about 60% of the people who have been taking part in it thus far have been in the arts somehow, but we're slowly getting in some other people in the Santa Barbara community and beyond, you know, who are, you know, in other fields. Um, and it doesn't have to be, you know, a polished performance. It's, it's a way of expressing express expression that we want to open up to everybody. Um, and it's been really fun to see, you know, and there's been some, some <laughs> um, submissions, you know, I'm like, huh, okay. <laughs> and that's great. That's fine. You know, it's not, I don't, it's like, we're not directing it. We're not shaping it in this, in some, have been just absolutely like, you know, not from performer that just knock your socks off. And so I think that's part of it too, is just like, how can we share right now and not have it to be like a perfect thing? It doesn't have to be a perfect performance or a perfect offering into the world. Um, we want it to be real and um, just kind of a, you know, snapshot of what's taking shape in um, individuals' lives. So for listeners, the uh, website is theoutletproject.art. And there's no www. It's just theoutletproject.art. So not .com, but .art, which is cool. I didn't even know you could have that until 
I did know that you could have that. <laughs> yeah, me neither, actually, until I saw it. And um, yeah. I'm definitely also going to put that in the show notes for anybody who's interested. And, Fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a great thing. And I just did my outlet this week, and it was really fun. Um, Yay. And Thank I agree. Yeah, of course. And I think it's um, wonderful what you say about it not having to be a perfectly polished piece. And um, I don't know if I'm giving anything away here, but there's like a time limit to um, how many days you have to record. Yes. Yeah. Piece, which I think is great because that really, um, you know, keeps you from overthinking it and trying to make it this perfect thing. But the idea is really just to kind of get something out there. And I think that's wonderful. Yeah. 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 Get it out. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of that, um, and this is kind of going um, a little bit back to what I said right at the beginning of this conversation, which is, um, I, and again, I know you you don't fully agree with me here when I say that I feel like you're just um, you're just such an amazing creative manifester. Hmm. And while um, you did mention that you know you take um, creative breaks or hibernations, um, which I think is um, you know an an absolutely necessary and beautiful part of the creative process. Um, but then I feel like you have this really wonderful, healthy rhythm of like when you set the intention to manifest something and put it out there, you you do it. Like you bring a creative project to its completion. So I'd just love to hear from you any tips you have for the listeners um, um, for that process of really um, completing a creative intention. Mm. Oh, goodness. Um... You know, it, that's, that's a great question. Cause I feel like for me, <laughs> um, it's one of those things that like, I can't not complete it. And, um, so in some ways it's hard to <laughs> you know, give someone advice, but I will try. <laughs> um, when it's like, it's, it, for me, it feels like this, um, you know, it's this intense drive, this intense, intense itch that once I commit to something, I'm doing it. And, but I'm not, you know, sometimes there's things that I, I don't want to commit to. So I've been, cause I know that I'll have to go hundred percent and do it. So I won't commit to those things, but I think just kind of in general, um, give yourself time to find the thing that you really want to go a hundred percent in 150% in, because if you don't want to, then it's not worth your time doing it. Um, I really believe that. I think, um, another piece that I have really found over the years is that, um, when I have been afraid to, start a new project to continue a project um what keeps me going and what what um uh calms the fear is continually doing and it might sometimes feel like 
because I've certainly felt this. It's like, oh, if I could just stop now and just like go take a nap and hibernate in my bed, that'd be really nice. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> would know, you know? Um, but then like, even if I do do that, you know, for like a day or something. And I think actually earlier in my twenties, I, you know, I didn't, I would give up on things. I'd be like, this is, it's too hard. I'm too scared. I can't do it. And what came out of that though was, you know, kind of the immediate, like, oh, thank God. Okay. Huh, I'm not, I'm not fearful. I'm not anxious about that anymore. But then what came out of that was this sense of, um, like just real sadness at like, wow, that opportunity that, that knew whatever it was, um, didn't happen. And I think, more than anything, what's, what I've come to see that has helped me over the years is um, the acknowledgement to myself that I will, the acknowledgement and the promise to myself that I will keep creating. And that gives me the freedom and the space to say to myself, so that's okay if this one is not absolutely perfect because you're going to do it again and you're going to learn and you're going to do it better and you're going to learn more and then you're going to do it again and you're going to have learned from that project. And so um, not allowing the um, looming menace of the word perfect to get in the way and just allowing yourself to produce and to put work out there and knowing that you will do it again and you can do it again, that even if it's not perfect, that doesn't mean that you like won't be given another chance or that you can't create for yourself another opportunity. Um, and that's something I find when I see, you know, whether it's live performance of, of theater or music or just visual art, you know, stuff that I may not stuff that I certainly resonate with. I'm always inspired, but stuff that, that I'm like, huh, you know, I might have questions about, or it doesn't quite, I don't quite, uh, it doesn't quite grab me. I'm always appreciative of that because I think they did it. They put that out there. Like they didn't stop. And that is amazing that they went a hundred percent because our fear of doing it can be so strong. Um, but I think our, regret of not doing um is even worse <laughs> um and i just can't even imagine you know that this is another piece that that has helped me over the years is when i get stuck or when i get fearful or anxious about completing a project i think okay nita let's picture yourself at 80 years old mm. and you're looking back on your life and what do you want to have done do you want to have stopped a project and gone and take a bath? <laughs> like sometimes great, you know, but like, <laughs> do you want to just have hibernated and, and, and played it kind of safe in your own um, beingness? Or do you want to have put something out there and maybe it fails, which I feel like most things don't fail, not just for me, but I think for most people, like, and if it does fail, who you learned a lot from that. But, um, no, I don't want to be 80 and look back and been like, oh, well, I didn't really do that because huh, I didn't really. Yeah, I was, I was afraid. That's one of my biggest motivators is looking, is placing myself in my future and looking back on my life and wanting to be just really proud of what I've done. Um, yeah. 
That's really, really powerful. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I so agree with everything. Thanks for asking. Great question. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know you do. You creative being too. (laughs) So are you ready for a quick fire round? I am. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Question number one. What is your favorite creativity inspiring snack? Hmm. Carrots with this sounds really weird. It's gomasio seasoning on it. I love that. That's like the last thing I expected. Because <laughs> you can keep eating them and eating them. Because <laughs> I, I tend to like, I either chew gum or like I'm definitely, it stimulates my thought process to eat. So I'm like, you know, if you have like a gazillion carrots, you can just keep eating away. Yeah. This is amazing. Perfect. <laughs> okay. All right. Question number two. When is your peak creative time? In the morning, afternoon, evening, or at night? I wish it were, oh gosh, this is supposed to be fast. Mm, at night. <laughs> you can also, you can give a bit of a lengthier response like, if you want. I, sure. In the morning, I feel like I percolate on ideas, like mm-hmm. when I'm running or on a bike ride or doing something, but then the, like the doing of it is definitely in the evening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hikes or beach walks? Oh, it depends on the day. Depends on my mood. Yeah. Fair enough. Dogs or stars? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I got to say dogs, but I like stars. I love stars. Who can? That's a challenging one. Dogs. <laughs> I'll go with dogs. <laughs> Chocolate or coffee? Oh, man. These are really tough. <laughs> uh, co- I'm going to go with coffee. What feeds your creative soul? Being in nature. And finally, what does creativity mean to you? Hmm. Tapping into my life's force and acting as a conduit, not just for that life force, but for uh, the creative stream of allness and, um, putting that out into the world in some way, shape or form. That is creativity. It's beautiful. I feel like I want to create a little quote card out of that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, um, this, this information is going to, so that was the end of the quick fire round. Great, Great job. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, What's my so, prize? Do I get a prize? Um, <laughs> you get to be on my podcast. <laughs> Yay! That is the best prize. <laughs> um, so this information is going to be in the show notes, but um, just for the people who, um, you know, are, are auditorily inclined, um, where can the listeners go to learn more about your work? So any websites or social media handles? Sure. Great. So my theater company's website is www.dogstartheater.org. And it's theater spelled T-H-E-A-T-E-R. 
Uh, that's the one place you can find us. And then we're also on Instagram at, I'm actually not even going to say what we're on Instagram as because I don't think I know my handle. Um, so go to the website and you can find <laughs> me on Instagram, on Facebook from there. And then also the outlet project.art. Those are the two places that you can find, uh, find out more about me and our work. Beautiful. Is there anything else that you'd like to share, Mita? Mm. I just feel really honored to be speaking with you, Leah, and to be asked to have been here. Um, this actually talking about manifesting and doing more, more theater and more creative work feels like um, this was also in response to my putting that out there. So thank you for hearing that as I put it mm. out to the universe. Well, I heard you and the universe heard you and all of the listeners are going to hear you. Amen. Love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much. It's been such a treat and an honor to have this conversation with you. I feel the same. Thank you, Leah. Thanks. <laughs>